Hi everybody, it's a wonderful morning here and I want to welcome you to Times of Navigating Unusual Change. My name is Mark Agbeko. It's wonderful to have you on this call today and I want you to just invite somebody, um, add somebody to connect to this broadcast as we continue teaching the Word of God, as we continue to um, allow the Word of God to have access to every aspect of our lives. And it's been so wonderful over the weeks, um, and I keep saying from last year when we started um, Times of Navigating Unusual Change to speak to the issues of the trend and to speak to the issues as God would want us to see his kingdom as the Lord unveiled his heart to us. Today, I want to continue looking at the word of God as we've been looking at um, this very topic kingdom laws and systems, kingdom laws and systems. And I want you to pay rapt attention. It's not going to be lengthy. Um, I hope to draw the curtain on this particular portion of kingdom laws and systems, which has to do with uh, God's um, uh, uh, divine order through God's government, divine order through God's government. So we are looking at kingdom laws and systems, divine order through God's government. How is God's government expressed? How is it built? What is the trust of this government? This government is not designed to be established on the outside for things to be legislated from the outside, do's and don'ts. But this government of God is designed that man will live from within, will live from the light, the fullness, the overflowing theme of God's life that is invested into man. That's the way God designed man to live. Unfortunately, because of the fall of or because of the fall, man sank. And when man sank deeply, um, systems began to emerge out of the fall to govern man. As a result, please pay attention to the things that I'm just going to say. As a result of the fall, man has been barred away and limited to this existence, barred away from the very existence of God and limited to this existence. So what we are doing with um, God's uh, divine order through God's government is to begin to rediscover our true existence, to begin to rediscover what, in what uh, way, in what mode, in, in what fashion did God design life to be for us. So this very session, um, going forward to next week and in, in closing it, closing God, a divine order through God's uh, government, will, will bring us to begin to look at the primal existence. Again, last week and last two weeks, we did look at this issue of the primal existence. And we were looking at this divine order in which man ought to dwell in, which is the presence of God. If you miss it, I want to encourage you, go back and listen to that uh, recording. Watch that video. It is really packed and it is meaty. It is weighty. It, it has stuff in there that ought to correct our, our ways and bring us back into God again. Today, um, I want to look at work redefine. Work redefine. When we begin to look at kingdom laws and systems, divine order through God's government, there is a manner in which God runs the system. He doesn't run his system like the way man runs it. God does not allow his system to continue the way man's system continues. God's system is peculiar. It is unique. It is God. It reveals God. Everything is designed to speak to, um, if I may say, Godness. I mean, the nature of God, his character, his mood, 
his, his preferences and all. And when we talk about the government of God, we are speaking to the issue of the preferences of God. What does God prefer? What are his ways? What are his standards? And one of the very things that has impacted the existence of man is the thing called work. Is the thing called work. So we all are born and we are born as blank as it is. And um, this life began to re rewrite and encode our existence, uh, our existence on this side. This life begins to redefine us. We didn't have a name when we came into this world. But what happens is that this life begins to give us a name. And those things begin to define us. We are given education. And so we go to school. We begin to learn certain methodologies and, and ways of life and culture. As a result, man gets barred away from that experience. Uh, that actually was the first existence. And one of the things that we just said is that work has been redefined when man fell. Man's work originally is what? What is man supposed to be doing with his life? That thing is called work. And we want to define that in perspective. We want to put it in true perspective. And we want to begin to re rediscover ourselves. We want to catch ourselves and put ourselves down the path of righteousness. If I say the path of righteousness, I mean the standards of God. And so we've gone through school. We've gone through uh, this existence. We've learned so many things. All because one must go and seek a job and make a living and make a living but if you look at original existence and next week i'm going to come into creation narratives and i'm going to take you through um, a number of things in the scripture to show you that god did not make us for survival god did not make us to go get a job and work and make a living it, these things has come as a result of the fall life was designed to be lived out of the purpose of God and so when we begin to look at the issue of work then we are begin to, we are beginning to look at the issue of the real you when we begin to look at the issue of work we are beginning to look at the real you we're beginning to look at your purpose we are beginning to look at significant and relevant living the place of existence where you cannot be fired when you pick up a job it is easy to be fired because you're working for somebody but when you become you and you discover yourself there is no amount nobody can fire you from yourself let's begin to underscore that right away this morning nobody can fire you from you or can fire me from me because i exist in my skin and what i do is me um it's a discovery of my my existence my original plan that god has for me jesus said in scripture that here I am, I have come um, 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 uh, as a result of the volume of book written about me. The very powerful place of existence is purpose. So let's get into work redefined. Work redefined. Before you go out there seeking to work in somebody's office, it is important that you discover this, um, this truth that we're going to discuss this morning. Before you go putting an application out there, this is where it begins from because it is possible to be living in your skin to discover who you are but you may you may be you may be exercising that discovery of who you are in somebody's um, organized environment that you may call um, a company or work or a job or something the first thing is not seeking a job the first thing 
is not about seeking education. The first thing is about discovering your work. What is your purpose? Because nobody can fire you from your purpose. You, you, the Bible says in um, um, uh, Proverbs chapter 19, the verse 21, in the NIV translation, I think it says that um, um, there are many devices in the heart of a man. Uh, nevertheless, the, the purpose of God will stand. That is the way the NIV puts it. The purpose of God will stand. So purpose is the most powerful existence. Purpose is the most powerful thing. Nobody fires you from purpose. And that thing is called work. And let's get into scripture. Genesis chapter 2, the verse 4 through the verse 6. It says, this is, pay attention to the context in which scripture places everything. This is the history of the heavens and earth. When they were created, in the day that God made the earth and the heavens, before any plant of the field was in the earth, and before any head of the field had grown, for the Lord God had not caused it to rain on the earth, and there was no man to till the ground. Other translations, because there was no man to till the ground, to work the ground. But a mist went up from the, from the earth and watered the whole face of the ground. Very interesting. And let's take it again. It says, this is the history of the heavens and the earth. I mean, there's something locked up in this scripture, the heavens. So we know that people say it's uh, the heaven, but we talk about the heavens, multi-layered dimensions and all. It says, and the earth, when they were created, in the day that the Lord God made the earth and heavens before any plant of the field was in the earth and before any herb of the field had grown. For the Lord God had not caused it to rain on the earth and there was no man or for there was no man to till the ground. So the first thing I want to say is that there's a difference between a garden and a bush. God did not allow the, the rains to come down because, you know, when it begins to rain, what, what happens is that the vegetation begins to grow. The earth begins to yield its increase. Its capacity is exposed and begins to give forth um, um, life to the things that must receive life from it. And one of those is the plant and the other is the herbs. And God did not allow the rains to come so that the herbs will begin to spring forth and begin to fill the earth. And that was going to lead to a disorder, a chaotic uh, situation because there was no man to take care of that vegetation, to cut it, to trim it, to, to put it in perspective and all. But a mist went up from the earth and watered the whole face of the ground. So, first thing is that there is a difference between a garden and a bush. And God expects that the garden of Eden and the entire earth will be um, in good shape. The word, the word teal or the word work um, from the Hebrew is the word E-R-G-O-N, ergon. Ergon is um, the word in the Hebrew. And that word means management. It means enterprise. It means occupation. That word means occupation. It means your purpose and calling, your, your very true existence. 
there was no man to hold on to the occupation of managing that which God has created. So we are redefining what work is. Work is not seeking a job, but work is managing, uh, being an enterprise, being occupied with the very thing that God has created. So what is your work? Very often you meet people, you ask people, who are you? And they said, I am a carpenter, I'm a driver, I'm a lawyer. No, you, you, you are you. And you are so unique and you walk in your purpose and you are called to exercise um, a grace. So God has called man to manage and be in business of taking care of his creation. So what is called work is indeed the taking care of the very things that God has created. That word ergon actually also means to master a thing or become to master a thing or become ergon to master a thing or become become what become you let's the bible says that there was no man to take care of the earth and put it under his care and management and hold it for god so the Bible tells us in Genesis chapter 2, the verse 15, it says, Then the Lord God took man and put him in the garden of Eden to tend and keep it. That word work, as we see, means to dress it, to till it. That word um, actually means that before God gave woman to man, God actually gave committed work to man, committed self-management becoming you, discovering who you are, discovering purpose. This is a very important kingdom law and system that life must be governed with. If we move away from this um, um, law or this existence, Bible says where the law is, there is no offense. Where the law is, there is no offense. There is, there is no stumbling where the law is because the Lord guides, the law, the law continues to um, lead the Lord continues to mature you. So there is a need that all of us, all of us begins to enter into discovery of purpose other than just seeking for job and work. So we have so many people coming out of university and the whole idea of learning is that I'm going out there to get a job, not to become. So it even underscores the reason why the kingdom is superior to the systems of the earth where, for example, the educational system is flat, is broken. It doesn't lead people to the discovery of who they are, but just gives them something to be able to just fit into society. It trains people to just fit into the world and not fit into eternal purpose, eternal design. There's a need that if you are listening to me and you are an educator, you are somebody who designed policy and curriculum. There's a need that we begin to look at existence properly. There are nations of, of, of the earth that have discovered ways to even train their children. That they do not carry out this type of wholesale training and education that we do. They try to get into the specifics. They try to get into the discovery of the uniqueness of the child. They try to look at how this child can be brought up to become whom he or she is. And many of us haven't gone through, have you not heard of people who have been through medical school seven years, eight years, whatever, and then thereafter they hang themselves. They just they just go hang themselves because they are depressed, they are not happy with themselves, they find themselves in the wrong employment. 
I know of somebody who actually went through school to become a nurse and um, um, she discovered that she's better off dealing with children and better off dealing with um, uh, graphics and artwork and cartoon work. And so she completely left nursing to go teach, go to the classroom. And she says she is happy. I know people who are medical doctors who train in the United States of America, but they came back to Africa. Just why? Because they said, I am not fit to be a medical doctor, but I am here to do what I have to do. And they are into um, something about engineering, something about business, um, a trade. Uh, they, they, are, they are into something about manufacturing. They are into farming or something. It is important that for life to start, we begin to teach the existence of discovery of what work is. Work as we see it, let's read the scripture again. This is the history of the heavens and the earth when they were created. In the day that the Lord God made the earth and heavens, before any plant of the field was in the earth and before any herb of the field had grown. For the Lord God had not caused it to rain on the earth, and or because there was no man to manage and take care and become, because man's true existence is found in uh, the things of the things that God has created, and He is put in charge, and He is exercising Himself in managing it. Work, therefore, is managing what God has created and not seeking a job because you can be fired from a job, but you cannot be fired from yourself. Very important. So the second thing we said was that God wanted things to be in order because work actually is divine order. Please pay attention to this. Work actually is divine order because there was no man to till the work, uh, to till the ground. And uh, to work it. Um, so God did not allow the rains to come. Work actually constitutes divine order. For there to be real um, um, existence, it's a, there's a need to discover yourself. And when you discover yourself, you dwell in divine order. Anybody who is living in purpose is living in divine order. So what is your occupation? What is your calling? It is a good place to pray. I remember several years ago, and I'm going to tell you this. Several years ago, I had a, um, a mentor, and um, I continue to honor him today. And um, 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 uh, he told me one day, he says, uh, Mark, he calls me Michelle. Uh, Michelle, you, you, you are good at teaching the word of God. There is, there is an evident grace in you um, that displays itself when you teach the word of God. There is an evident grace in you when you prophesy. There is, there is an evident grace. I actually had two mentors. One is Blessed Memory now. She is with the Lord and I know she is watching out of the heavens and, and charging on and say, continue doing this. Uh, Dorcas is her name. Uh, uh, Dorcas will also write and say, I see several dimensions of the fivefold offices in you. I see the apostolic, I see the prophetic, I see um, the teaching grace. Uh, but this particular mentor, Alfred, will say, go before the Lord, pray, seek him, talk to him. Let him tell you what is your primary call. What is your primary call? So that you will not spend your time managing another man's forest, another man's bush. Um, there's a scripture that provoked me several years ago. Uh, not so many several years ago. 2018, 20, um, 2017, 2018. 
um, uh, it's in the book of Songs of Solomon. Uh, I can't readily find it, but there's a scripture that says that um, um, I have. He said, "Do not despise me." Yes, it says, "Do not despise me because I am black." Do not despise me because I am black, because I'm looking dark. But my brothers made me to look over another's field, and my own field I did not manage. I wish I can find it. I wish I can find it. It says, do not look upon me because I am black. Do not look upon me because I am black. My brothers made me to keep another's field, to manage another's field. But my own field, I did not keep. My, my own field, I did not keep. I did not manage. Yeah, the verse, the verse 6, it says, Do not look upon me because I am dark. Because the sun had turned me. My mother's sons were angry with me. They made me the keeper of the vineyards. You see, we're talking about the contest of vineyards, the fields, um, the garden, um, um, work, uh, uh, Aragon management become my brothers made me to become another, but my own, my own life, my own existence, I have not kept. And the question is, how many of us are living another's dream? How many of us are living another's purpose? How many of us are living another's instruction instead of the very instruction that God? would have asked you to keep how many of us have become a cartoon image of another instead of living our own order how many of us how many of us are existing in in a world of of disorder because the discovery of purpose is living the by order so genesis 2 15 it says that then the Lord God took man and put him in a garden of Eden to tend and to keep it. And we're saying that that word keep, um, that word uh, tend actually means to dress it to work. Now, point is, before God gave woman to man, he gave man work. And this is important as well. There are a lot of young men, uh, young women running out there. I want to marry, I want to marry. And... And um, they have not discovered themselves. They have not discovered their work. They have not discovered their purpose. And they're going to frustrate somebody, somebody's uh, daughter, somebody's son. Before you get into um, marriage, for example, it is important that you would have discovered yourself. And by extension, it is important that you have a means by which you can take care of that woman as well. You have income, a source of income. That is just an advice for you. But the most important thing for me readily is that before God gave man a woman, he actually made man to discover his purpose, his intent, why he is in this world. Let me read it again. It says that do not despise me or do not look, up, look upon me because I am that. Because the sun had turned me. My mother's sons were angry with me and made me to keep uh, the vineyards. But my own, I have not kept. Whose vineyard are you keeping? Another? A cartoon image of another? I said was the last week that a lot of young men have become the cartoon image of another. The cartoon image of another. There is this model of father-son um, relationship 
that has uh, uh, that is a total departure from biblical quality and continuity and that thing is repulsive it's formatious i mean where people are paying to become sons where people are legislated to become sons when people are demanded to become sons when it ought to be a free flow commitment of a life and a walk with god and a discovery of individual uniqueness and purpose pastors church leaders please listen to me teachers listen to me the word of god does not instruct us to stay up there and steer the affairs of life in a, in in a general way in in a in a heterogeneous way but it has it has instructed us when you look at Ephesians chapter four to be able to relate our gifts and graces to diversity and uniqueness, to diversity and uniqueness, to the each individual grace and the abilities of God invested in us ought to be related in making them discover themselves and their work and not becoming a cartoon image of us. So many people do not recognize you as a son um, until they see themselves in you. God is the only person who must be seen in us and he is the ultimate of all fathers. The Bible says that you have one father who is heavenly. You have one father who is heavenly. So that dimension, that scripture is so powerful in expressing the fact that if we must become our source of connectivity, even though we relate to men as mentors, as fathers, as mothers, spiritually and, um, and, and physically, biologically, it is important that we relate to God as the Father, not just these earthly men and women as parents, uh, spiritual parents, and we become protégés, um, a cartoon image of, of them. We ought, ought to actually be who we are. So God made man to discover himself. You have one who you have one father who is uh, heavenly, who is heavenly. Your source and your place of existence flows out of the heavens. Work must be discovered in that order. So uh, the thing is that God put man in the garden to jealously guard it, to jealously guard the garden, to jealously till, to manage. It's important that you guard yourself, you protect yourself from anything that seeks to infiltrate and rewire your DNA and change you to become an image of another. It is important that you stay within your skin. Guard it, guard it, guard it because it is life. Jealously guard the presence of God in your life and in your home. Jealously guard your purpose and leave it without any apology to anybody. Listen, God put man in the garden. He, 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 he put man in charge to manage and be occupied, to have an occupation, a calling of managing what he has created, not looking for a job what God created, what did God create you to be, and what has he set before you to manage. That is something you ought to discover in prayer. So my, my, my mentor told me, pray, seek the Lord, until the Lord shows you what is your primary calling, because there are so many diversity of gifts inside you, and so that you can begin to focus energy and drive in that particular area. And these other graces and giftings would naturally be strong and powerful and find expressions through you. And it has been so. I spent nights and hours and talking to the Lord and seeking the Lord to guide my ways and lead me in, in this part of the last day. So um, it's important you discover yours. To 
God put man uh, in charge to nurture and bring the best out of that environment. The, look at the scripture again. It says, it says that before any plant of the field was in the earth and before any herb of the field had grown, for the Lord had not caused it to rain on the earth and there was no man, because there was no man to till the ground. If, if there was a man, God would have just let go. But because there was no man, God actually waited until man came on the scene. And the essence is that man will nurture and bring the best out of that environment. The best of you. You must invest into your personal productivity. You must have a personal commitment to knowledge, a personal commitment to learning, to education, which is beyond the classroom. You must, there must be a personal commitment of discovering yourself, which is beyond the classroom. There must be a personal commitment of discovering yourself, which is beyond following somebody and calling the person father, father, spiritual father, and all. There must be a personal resolution. There, there, there must be an unconformist um, um, a tendency in you to go your way, discover your way, nurturing and investing hours and days and months into learning into discovering, into building your muscles. There's something I posted on my status and one, one of the sisters came laughing over it. And it has to do with um, um, a quote that was put out there. And the quote says that if, um, if I, I exercise myself only on Sundays, I don't build muscles. So if you do not exercise yourself every day in your calling and grace, you are, you are failing to bring the best and and, and nurture that thing to become. Let's look at another point. I told you today, I'm just going to do a mop up and then I would drive in um, uh, next week in beginning to look at um, the creative narrative in a way so that we can, we can understand the original existence of man because that's the kingdom law. The kingdom law, the kingdom has been from the beginning and it's going to be to the end. People have asked, um, what is the next move of God? Those of you out there looking for the next move of God, it has been the kingdom of God from the beginning until now, and it will ever be the kingdom of God. Man's benevolent home, like we said, is the kingdom of God. Man's original home is the kingdom of God. Man's place of existence is the kingdom of God. And therefore, to discover through existence and powerful existence, there's a need to begin to rediscover the kingdom and the laws that undergate how the kingdom operates and all. Another point here, man is to make everything around him fruitful, 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 because that's just that little verse in verse 5 of Genesis 2 speaks volume. Man was designed to take care of that environment and make it fruitful and not leave it in a chaotic mass. There's a difference between a garden and a bush. Um, man is empowered by God to create whatever he wanted from his environment. So God says, cultivate it, cultivate it. And when it comes to marriage, God says, cultivate your woman, cultivate your wife. Cultivate into whatever you want it to be. The, 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 the woman, the, the, the posture of the woman, what she becomes, is determined by the man that I am. What she becomes, what she expresses, is determined by the man that I am. So listen to this principle. God gave work man. He gave, uh, he gave work to man. He made man discover himself. He made man discover his own vineyard and his existence before he entrusted um, 
um, um, a man with a woman. Now, this um, a couple of points. Man was entrusted, or God entrusted man with his word, not just woman to start with. The very thing God entrusted man with was his word. Kingdom law. If you want to be a successful young man, go back and discover the word of God. David says, your word have I hidden in my heart? And uh, I am more wiser than my enemies and my teachers because I spend time with your word. He says, your word have I hidden in my heart so that I will not fumble, so that I will not go out of the way. A successful existence is, is, is hinged on or begins with being entrusted with the word of God. Look at it, Genesis chapter 2. 16 and 17 and the lord god commanded my saying of every tree you see god committed his word to man the lord god commanded the man saying of every tree just that statement commanded man the lord god commanded man the lord entrusted man with his word with his word saying of every um, tree of the garden you may freely eat but of the tree of the knowledge of good and of evil you shall not eat for in the day that you eat them you shall die god entrusted man with his word with his word you want to be successful um jo joshua chapter 1 verse 8 your word your word, your word. You shall meditate upon it day and night, day and night, day and night. Accountant, day and night. Lawyer, day and night. Uh, carpenter, driver, day and night, day and night. Husband, day and night. Wife, child, day and night. You shall meditate upon it. That is where the existence begins from. Genesis 3, the verse 1. Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord had made and he said to woman has god indeed said you shall not eat of the trees of the garden of the tree of every tree of the garden now it's interesting it's it's now becomes the the place of the man husband man male to to begin to tutor the woman to discover the word of god that is why in one of the teachings i did was the last year I talk about the bedrock of civilization. And the civilization began with man, the male seed. And the devil continued to seek ways to destroy the male seed and mess the male seed up. So we have a lot of men that are facing challenges and, um, and nobody seems to care. We need to pray for men and uphold them before the Lord. God committed his word to man. And um, the devil went to the woman to ask the woman, not the man. So it was, it was important that man would have instructed woman in the ways of um, the Lord. So the highest form of trust that God ever gave man is a revelation of himself. And the man and that man will represent him. The highest form of trust is the revelation of himself that God gave to man. And that man will actually live and become what God has created him to be. So... The man is supposed to teach and instruct his wife, instruct a woman in the ways of God. Last point, and I'm done. God then entrusted, after God did all of this, then he entrusted man with a woman. So, if I'm going to be successful, I must first of all discover the presence of God. 
I must first of all discover my primal existence, my work, who I am. I must leave it unapologetically. I must leave it without any apology to any system or anybody. I must be it powerfully. I must exist and live in that place and keep not and do not keep another's garden. But when God finished all of these, He now gave woman to man. Genesis chapter 2, the verse 18 and the verse 21. Let's read that. Uh, and 22. Let's down to 23. And the Lord God said, It is not good for man to be alone. And the Lord God said, It is not good for man to be alone. I will make him a helper comparable to him. I heard some crazy fellows saying that um, God, God, God had a memory loss. And he, he, he bringing woman into man's life was a second was was a second thought but we are talking about divine order for existence don't believe in that madness don't believe in that craziness we are talking about divine order through god's government and this is it god had to do a b c d and lastly he now brought this and the lord god said he didn't say and the lord god remembered and caught himself and said oh it is not good for a man to be alone. It says, and that, and that the Lord said, it is not good that man will be alone. I will make him a helper comparable to him. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall on Adam, and he slept, and he took one of his ribs and closed it up, the flesh in his place. Then the rib which the Lord had taken from the man, he made into a woman, and he brought her to the man and adam said this is now bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh she shall be called woman because she was taken out of man there's another another point loaded in there the point is before i jump into a marriage before i jump into the existence to be successful i must discover the presence of god i must discover my work I must be entrusted with the word with the word of God, and then I can manage the things that God has given me. God bless you, friends. Next week, I'm going to finish this side. Um, God's divine order, um, divine order through God's government, kingdom laws and systems, kingdom laws and systems. If we have to successfully, there's a need that we go back to the discovery of the law of God and the systems of God, because the world is run by systems and by laws unfortunately many of these laws are so archaic and passive they are dead and gone and we still run by them the best law to live by is the kingdom may the lord give you wisdom may the lord fill you with the spirit of revelational knowledge may the lord grant you understanding may the scriptures begin to come alive to you may the voice of the lord be evident and clear in your world may you hear the lord for yourself May you have a personal walk with God. Now I pray that the Lord will begin to cause you to discover that primal existence of the call, the purpose, or the reason, the work, the, 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 the occupation he has given you. Discover yourself because nobody can fire you from you. God bless you and the Lord favor you and the grace of God be with you. Friends, I'll see you this evening at 6 p.m. as we get into the word of God. We want to pray and pray into the mind of God for ourselves and for nations. Nations need to discover why they are here. 
Nations that fail to discover why they are here are actually messed up. They are leaving anything. They are designing all kinds of laws and all. We want to pray for ourselves, marriages, children, our children. I mean, there's a mother, there's a father forcing the child, go and do this, read this. And my child says, I am not interested. That is not me. I cannot keep another spill. And there's utter confusion. There's a need that we begin to discover the Lord and instruct our children in the call and the purpose. So we want to touch grace this evening. And so I look forward to uh, seeing you. Aniak, God bless you, my dear. God bless you. God bless you. Your comments have been so powerful to me. It's been so encouraging. Uh, Zorina, God bless you. Um, um, friends out of the Mohammed family, God bless you. Uh, Theophilus in the U.S., God bless you. And everybody in Ghana, I know there are some people in the background who are watching this. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you, friends. I'll see you this evening as we we charge forward in prayer. Now, very important announcement. Two of them. Um, one of them is we are meeting coming Saturday, uh, Basilia Lucius, our Open Heavens meeting. It's a time of the word. It's a time of the prophetic. It's a time of prayer. It's a time of activation and release. And for those of us who are far off, you can connect via Zoom and we'll make that link uh, available. We'll make it available so you can connect. But if you are in Ghana, you are in Accra, you are in Tema, you are in Ashaman, you are in Sakumono, you are, you are uh, in Kumasi, wherever you are, make plans. Be around Saturday morning at 7 a.m. The meeting starts and we lift up our voices together to praise the Lord. And we want to touch grace to go out there and live significantly and relevantly. That's the first one. The second one, every Thursday we have Kingdom Learning Space Weekly Online Bible Studies. And you want to be a part of the weekly online Bible study. It is only becoming so powerful and real. Last week, a friend of ours and his Paul was on a call, and it was so, so, so powerful. And this coming week, I'm going to continue about Ecclesia in a Marketplace. Ecclesia in a Marketplace. And if you miss all of these sessions, please just go to YouTube, look for Mark Agbeko. You can find um, the recordings posted there. And then also any of the podcast channels, um, Podbeam, Overcast, um, Castbox, um, Sportive, and the rest, about 8, 11 channels you can find. Just type in Mark Agbeko or just look for um, 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 He Breathed and Man Became. Uh, that's the title of the podcast, He Breathed and Man Became. And you would find a series of teachings out there. God bless you, friends, and the Lord empower you. I pray that the presence of the Lord, because in His presence there is joy and there is fullness, the presence of the Lord be with you. Be upon you. Be upon you. Let the Lord touch somebody's mind, the mind that the doctors are discovering, whatever they, it may be, whether it's psychological related. Let there be peace, I command, into your life and into your home. And let there be the power of the revelation of Christ. God bless you. I'll see you again. And it is bye-bye for now. Bless you. Bless you. Hello, welcome to Times Navigating Unusual Change. My name is Mark Agbeko and I want to welcome you once again and say that it's been wonderful being together on this broadcast. It's been uh, months and it's been seasons to 2020-2021 and um, we still continue to press on in this season of upheavals, in these seasons of unusual change in this season where things um, does not seem to be normal 
and the uh, point is that we are never returning to normal. It's going to be such a long haul. And probably by the time we're getting back to normal, what we call normal, there's another hiccup again, another pandemic. When you study the psychology of pandemics, you will understand that um, as time progresses, things begin to move rapidly on the heels of another. So I want to um, invite you to invite somebody. I want to ask you to ask somebody to join this broadcast and um, let's get into the Word of God uh, this morning. It's morning on this side. You may be connecting um, in the afternoon, uh, midnight or early hours of the morning. And so let's um, get into what God has for us uh, this morning. Welcome. Welcome, Zorina. God bless you, my dear. God bless you. We want to see what God has for us. Um, today the broadcast is a bit late. Uh, several things happening in the background. Um, that pulled us back a bit. But good, we are here. Now, we've been talking about kingdom laws and systems. Kingdom laws and systems. And so, let's get into this. Kingdom laws and systems kingdom laws and systems and the word of god has been clearly instructing us in the manner in which man's life ought to be how our lives ought to be constituted um, this morning i want to just continue talking about god's order or god's divine government that flows through his order or god's order that flows through his divine government and particularly i want to begin to look at the creation narrative the creation narratives and the first thing i just want to talk about is the fact that if we get into creation narrative we are going back to look at the emphasis that speaks to how man ought to live when there was no church when there was no school when there was no uh, some of the activities that we consider to make a man the making of a man, some of the things we consider, when those factors were not in place, how did this primal life, this unchallenged life, commence? And so, and, 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 and so when man came on the scene, what were the observations? So that is the second thing we want to, we'll be looking at um, in the whole of the discourse. Those values and those understandings will speak to us. When man came on the scene, what were the things that man observed at that very first instant? What did he see of God? How did he see God living? How did he see God carrying out his world, ordering his world? What were some of the things that man would have heard God say? Those are some of the things that we have to begin to ask ourselves. Because we, with, with the advent of church, with the advent of religion, with the advent of several things, we have sunk into all manner of traditions. Uh, some of them we may describe as traditions of men. And Colossians chapter 2, the verse 8, describes them as rudiments of this world, not according to Christ, but according to the order of this world. So we want to redeem ourselves. We want to, we want to come back into alignment, into our original purpose and intent as God has ordained for us. So the first thing I want to talk about this morning is that we have to leave from a position of rest. That is one of the most um, 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 basic, fundamental existence that man was governed by. One of the most basic, 
and the fundamental existence that man was governed by. Today's society, one of the things that is killing man very fast is called stress. It's called stress. Stress from the mortgage. Stress from um, commitments and bills and, 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 and problems and marriage challenges. Stress from, from office challenges. Stress from manipulations that are happening all around us. Things that we have ate, uh, food that we have put in, medication, drugs, all of these things have a way of playing on our stress level. So many people are not restful. Many people are not having good night's sleep. And every now and then, uh, many are afraid to even open their mails because there is some information there that will cause the stress level to shoot up. When man was created, there was an observation. And let's get into Genesis chapter 2. The verse 2 through 3, the Bible says, on, And on the seventh day, God ended his work. And on the seventh day, God ended his work, which he had done. And he rested on the seventh day from all his work, which he has done. The verse 3, Then God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it, because, it's, because in it he rested from all the work which God had created and made in it he rested from all the work that god have created and made so when man came on the scene the bible tells us of the history of the earth when you look at the verse um, 5 of genesis 2 it says that when nothing had had been done and when there was no man to till the ground and guard and manage everything and by the way we happen to be looking at the redefinition of what work is um, last week so when man came on the scene, God entrusted man with everything to be managed. One of the major things that man would observe concerning God was that man was in a position, God was in a position of rest, not a position of doings and working and, and forcing and, and trying to cut himself. The cutting of ourselves is the behavior of the the prophets of Baal. The prophets of Baal are the only ones that try to reach God by their own means. That tries to 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 gush out their own blood by their by 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 so doing, trying to get to God. When Elijah stood before them, the Bible says that they cut themselves and they were bleeding from morning to to late afternoon. They cut themselves until they are bleeding. That is not a way to get to God. That is not the way to live life. Life ought to be lived from the position of rest. Prayer ought to be prayed from the position of victory and rest. We do not pray from the place of, of, of um, that restlessness as though God cannot do anything. We pray and we come before God and we live our life knowing that this life that we are living has already been divinely orchestrated and that we do not need to be afraid of anything. We need to just discover this life and live it. And live it so the fretting, the the fear, the, the disorganization, the the high blood pressure. Um, statistics clearly shows that many many people are dying out of stress, and that is one of the major things that we need to guard against. If we begin to step into the rest of God, if we begin to live from the position of the rest of God, we begin to guard against some of these things that. Um, continue to be devil our health and continue to be devil our world and continue to be devil our finances. Listen, when man showed up on the scene, what was the observation? Let's look at 
when man came on the scene, what really was happening. In Genesis chapter 1, we back up. In Genesis chapter 1, the verse 31, and then we will jump back to the verse 26 and read down to um, the verse 30. Genesis chapter 1, the verse 31. Then God saw everything that he had made, and indeed it was very good. So the evening and the morning were the sixth day. So the evening and the morning were the sixth day. Now we understand that the creation of man happened in happened on the sixth day. So God saw everything that he had created and it was very good. And that day was the morning, the evening and the morning was actually the sixth day. So the verse 26, then God said, let us make man in our own image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the bears of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creepy thing that creeps on the earth. The verse 27, so God blessed man, uh, God, God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created male and female. He created them. Then God blessed them and God said, be fruitful and multiply and, and fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the bears of the air and over every living thing that moves on the earth 29 and god said see i have given you every herb that yields seed which is on the face of the earth and every tree which 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 whose fruit yields seed to you it shall be food 30 also to every beast of the earth to every bed of the earth and everything that creeps upon the earth in which there is life, I have given every green herb for food, and it was so. So, I mean, you, you, you look at scripture and you clearly see that on the sixth day, God did nothing apart from creating man. Now, we back up a bit and go back to Genesis 2. In the verse 7, the Bible says, God breathed into man, um, breath into his nostrils, the breath of lives the breath of many lives haim is the is the is the is the hebrew word god breathed into man the breath of many lives and man became a living soul and that is happening on the sixth day and the scripture says that on the sixth day god saw everything that he did and it was good and the evening and the morning which means that evening and the morning on the sixth day the evening god finished everything and uh, by the morning that rises into the seventh day god counted and said that was the sixth day and the bible says that as man shows man shows up god breathed into man the breath uh, the breath of of life as man woke up he actually saw god in that position of rest bible says he sees from his his word he saw god sitting this is creation narrative that if we want to live powerfully if we want to succeed in life we have to live from the place of rest we must not live from the place of fretting the place of stress uh, we, we we cannot buy our power that's the second thing we cannot buy our power execute and bring anything to pass the rich man said oh my soul eat and be and be and, and rejoice because because I, uh, my strength, I've gotten these goods and all of that. And the Bible says that that very night, the maker said, I'll require your life from you. 
So it doesn't exist in our part. Uh, Zerubbabel, uh, Zachariah, the Bible says that uh, it's not by might and it's not by, uh, by power. It says, who are thou mounted before Zerubbabel? For you shall become like a level plain, a level plain field. It says, for it is not by might and it's not by power. It is about time that we defer our qualifications. It's about time that we defer our experiences. It's about time that we defer our our abilities and dexterity and our ability to get things done to the grace and the power and the divine enablement of God. That is not saying give way to laziness, but it is actually speaking to the fact that we have the acknowledgement or we have that God consciousness that there is nothing about us that can deliver that which we do. Even though we went to school, we qualified and all, but the ultimate thing lies with God living from the place of rest. So we clearly see in this creation narrative that man was not living from the place of fretting. Man was not living from the place of uh, self-execution power. Man was not living from the place of the self-principle. Man was living or man started living. That should be it. Man started living from the place of rest in observing the manner in which God does his work. It started from the place of rest now let's let's go uh, secondly and look at um, this creation narrative which i call in the beginning narrative in the beginning narrative and we will see in the beginning narrative running across genesis chapter 1 running across john chapter 1 running across the book of proverbs chapter 8 and i'm going to try to um, in a succinct manner yet delivering diverse or a, a, a broad brush to 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 the discourse i'm going to just try to do well to speak to that in genesis chapter one the verse one through three the bible says in the beginning god created the heavens and the earth the earth was without form and void and darkness was on the face of the deep and the spirit of god was hovering over the face of the deep then god said so we are seeing a certain existence there was this beginning that was an existence all by god all 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 an existence that was god all by himself where there was absolutely nothing where there was no earth where there was no sky where there was um probably no uh, uh to say no eternity god himself is everything that existence all with god but the Bible says that um, in, in theology, there's something called gap theory. And we don't want to talk about gap theory. That, that God had created this earth and heaven. And then something happened. The, the earth was without form and void and darkness was upon the surface of the deep. And in, 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 in this chaotic situation, now consider your life, consider my life, that assuming life that I have right now is characterized by this chaotic situation was without form and was 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 full of void and darkness and ignorance problems and challenges was all over the place or oh, my life is littered with all of those um, characteristics that or whatever it means to you that we can speak to the bible says that god said god said let there be light and there was light and god saw the light that it was good and God divided the light from 
the darkness. You can clearly see that there is um, a beginning narrative. If man was being told the history of the earth, this was going to be the very story that he was going to embrace in a day of rest when perhaps he was having a conversation with God. In a day of rest when he was having a conversation with God. There's something we didn't touch on uh, when we talk about living from the position of rest. We, 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 we can fast forward, go to Genesis 3 and see the fact that the Bible says that uh, in the cool of the day, God comes down. It was, it was actually a moment of rest where there is an interaction and intimacy with God and there is, there, is, there is nothing that distracts or that challenges our attention apart from God alone. We are consumed by his presence and all of who he is and will ever be in the place of living from rest. So you can be in the place of great turbulence. I mean, um, um, things are happening. Uh, the tossing sea and you can be like Christ and sleeping and resting on a pillow in the boat on the on the high seas when things are turbulent that is a key principle to life so we're talking about in the beginning narrative in the beginning narrative consider a chaotic mass consider a situation that is that is full of void consider a situation of darkness but the bible says god said and let's look at that principle then god said god said uh, clearly speaks to us that um, um if we have to live powerfully then we have to behave like God. And that behavior um, 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 that we see of God is that which we can say it all begins with God. The ability to speak, the ability to speak powerful faith-filled words, the ability to speak from the place of God's authoritative command. God, then God said. So the first thing, it's not that we do not do faith confessions and we do not put forth decrees. We do not speak powerful commands over our situations and our lives simply because it is good to do. But, but by creation narrative, it starts and begins with God. So how does that, how must we do that? We must speak power, powerful or, or, or uh, 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 faith-filled words. We must feel out of power, words that are filled with faith. Um, we must decree. We must decree. All the decrees must be patterned after God's divine decreed intent. So anything that I'm going to say, it's not going to be because I feel good to just say it over myself. But I must, first of all, step back and discover God's decreed intent. What is God's divine will? And must begin to pro proclaim it because God's divine will as we see pattern in Genesis chapter 1 is the fact that there ought to be order and divine order coming through God's government that we begin to speak and decree and command patterned after God's divine um, um, decreed intent so therefore speak forth that ordained eternal plans of God in boldness in power and with faithful words we, we have to speak forth with boldness. We have to speak forth with confidence. It could, be, it could be concerning your health. It could be concerning your finances. It could be concerning your ministry. It could be concerning your country, your nation. It could be concerning some peculiar situation that may relate to, say, a child or a daughter, a son or a husband or um, a wife or a marriage situation, uh, an office situation. You ought to discover God's ultimate intent concerning you living in that space 
and you have to powerfully speak it because because it will come to pass and why it will come to pass is because it's patterned after god that is the manner in which god does his things and 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 at the opening of life life actually began with god speaking speaking sorry life actually began with god speaking now let's look at jesus christ when jesus christ came he actually emphasized in in several examples and one of them is the parable of the fig tree he came to this place in Mark chapter 11. Let's read the verse 12 down through 14 and the verse 20 through 26. The Bible says, Now the next day, when he had come out from Bethany, he was hungry. And seeing from afar a fig tree having leaves, he went to see if perhaps he would find something on it. When he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for it was not the season of figs in response jesus said to it let let no let no one eat from you ever again and his disciples heard it let no one ever eat from you again and his disciples heard it now jesus comes to this fig tree he is the god of the heavens and the earth he can demand fruits from the tree even though in the natural when it is not a season. And what it means is that by his divine patterns and design of life, the thing is in season of fruit. He went to this uh, plant to see if I can find a fig, I can find food on this tree. Now, do you think Jesus did not know that uh, it wasn't the season of figs? This is all the unknowing man of God. This is the, this is the man that is full of, of power and life. This is the resurrection and life. This is the one in whom eternity dwells and in whom eternity, through him eternity flows. Bible says everything consists in him, Colossians 1, 15 down. And by him and for him and through him, he exists before all things, Romans, uh, the book of Romans says. Listen, it's, it's, it's important that we understand that when Jesus stood before that fig tree, he clearly understood that in the natural there was not going to be fruit. Before going there, he says, but perhaps... You could find fruit. So in the realm of the spirit, it was a season of fruit. And in many ways, our lives come, come, come to that trajectory. Where in the realm of the spirit, things are delivered. Our health delivered. Our ministries delivered. The opportunity and the breakthroughs and, and, and what is required to cause life to go forward unhindered. All of these things are delivered to us in the now, in the spirit. But in the natural, it doesn't show anything. And Jesus went and uh, when he looked at this fig tree, he cursed the fig tree and said, let no one ever eat from you again. Now, the verse 20 down. Now in the morning, just, just the following day, now in the morning, as he passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the root. So Jesus, sorry, 21. And Peter remembering said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree which you cursed has withered away so jesus answered and said to him i said to them have faith in god have faith in god for assuredly i say to you whoever says to this mountain be removed and be cast into the sea and do and does not doubt in his heart be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. 24. 
Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them. You see that when you immediately you speak it, that is the nature of God. This narrative of creation, the beginning matters, it starts with God. It is God that started speaking and God speaks and he calls the things forth. The Bible tells us in the book of Romans concerning Abraham, he calls those things that be not as though they were. He calls those things that be not as though they exist. He calls, so imagine Abraham, um, 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 when God spoke to him through the angel and said, you have a son uh, to, to, to them, uh, to the wife Sarah, you have a son and all of that, and the name shall be Isaac and all of that. Imagine Abraham waking up in the morning and he said, I said, Isaac, bring me that uh, piece of garment. garment. Isaac, bring me this and all of that. As though Isaac was living with him uh, physically and Isaac had that physical capacity to be able to execute the command of his father. Abraham was calling for the things that be not as though they actually are. So Jesus says, Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them. Believe that you will be receiving them. No, that is what it says. Believe that when you have asked for it, it is a bargain. It is with you. It exists with you. When I pray, I actually is, uh, the, the thing actually that I ask for has come to me. Now, in the Bible, um, I don't have this in my notes, but I can, I, I can just speak to it a bit. In the Bible, the Bible says the expectation of the righteous shall not be cut off. The expectation shall not be of the, shall, of the righteous shall not be cut off. It says, so shall knowledge be to you when you would have found it, that the expectation of the righteous shall not be cut off. That word expectation, it comes from a Hebrew root um, that is so deep. It speaks to a cord that is attached to a thing. It speaks to a cord that is attached to a thing. That is expectation. That is a hope. That is something you are looking forward for. So what it literally means is that the cord that is attaching to the reality of what I'm asking. So I'm touching this camera. I'm touching the screen. And that is what I am looking to receive. But here I am from that distance. I'm not close to the camera physically, but my hand can touch that camera, right? So what it means is that when I lay hold of this arm that is touching to that thing, that need, that thing I'm praying about, what has happened to me is that I have literally, unequivocally, held onto the results in the now. So, so, so that whatsoever we pray and we believe, we know that we have received them. Jesus is saying that when I ask for it instantaneously, my expectation is fulfilled. My expectation is fulfilled. So he speaks to the fig tree, and the next day the fig tree is totally gone. And he says that, have the God kind of faith. And he says, it begins with God. It begins with God. And therefore, the God kind of faith, um, uh, Jesus speaks about in the, in, the, um, in, the, in the Hebrew, sorry, in the Greek, in the Greek, it actually speaks of um, 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 speaking forward, speaking forth literally, speaking forth literally um, uh, a command. It means a command. It means that the God kind of faith it's, 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 a, it's a creative force. It's a creative force. A strong creative faith that brings forth the very things that are not seen on the earth have the God kind of faith is to speak creatively. 
It says that whosoever says, Jesus said that in 23, whosoever says, in the Greek it means a command. Whatever we say, whatever we speak is a command, is a decree we are putting forward. We are, we are, we are, we are demanding that this thing come to pass. So meaning whatsoever we command, we, 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 we speak by, by, by our lips, we are laying hold of. So this is about speaking from God's kind of authoritative position and grace and capacity. Isaiah 44, 26, it says that who, speaking of God, who confirms the words of his servant, who confirms the words of his servant and perform the counsel of his messengers, who says to Jerusalem, you shall be inhabited. So when we speak God's servants, you, God's servant, when you speak, speak bible says god confirms your words so it is not in your place to go doubting the decree the creation narrative teaches us that the way we can craft our world is by speaking force in the beginning let me just touch on this maybe i can um, i can i can stop here and continue creation narrative sometime next weekend uh, next sunday in the beginning now let's look at john chapter one and and um, Proverbs chapter 8. So let me just read John chapter 1 from here. John chapter 1. We all know, we all know what it is. John chapter 1. John chapter 1. The verse 1 down. Just a few of them down to the verse 5. The Bible says, In the beginning was the word. So when we're looking at the creative creation narrative, we have to begin to think about the existence of the word of God. And we have to begin to think about the existence of Christ. We have to begin to think about the existence of Jesus Christ. He is the Word of God. We have to begin to think about the existence of the Word of God at the beginning, by which if we ought to start life and we do not start on the basis and the counsel of God's Word, we will be totally defeated in life. So many people think it is the ability, it is all the, uh, what they can do. But I tell you that the wisdom that is found in the word of God is able to guard a man. He said, your word have I hidden in my heart that I will not sleep, I will not, I will not mess up. That he, David said, I'm wiser than my enemies and I'm wiser than my teachers because I spent time with you in the word. So in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things which were made through all things were made through him and without him nothing nothing was made that nothing was made that was made. In him was life and the life was the light of men. 5. And the light shines in darkness and the darkness do not comprehend it. This is so powerful. That look if you want to have a life in this realm. Remember Genesis chapter 1 God began to speak in the beginning was the word God spoke and this word has life in it and this life is the light of men everything that was created existed by this word Colossians 1 15 down Bible says he everything consists in him you can not live your life without the word of God you must spend time with it every day you must think about it every moment you must consider it every time God told them in the book of Deuteronomy chapter 11, it says that you shall fasten them on your wrist. You shall put them on your doorpost. It says everywhere it shall be. It says when you walk down the street, you shall discuss it. You shall gossip about it. It means that this word must speak with us all in every moment of our lives. That is the only way 
you'll be able to make your path successful. So this word that was in the beginning, Proverbs speaks concerning it. And let's just read the wisdom of Proverbs and then we draw the curtain on this. Proverbs chapter 8, I'm reading 22 through 36. And then um, I'm reading 22 to 36 and then 14 to 21. Um, Bible says 22. The Lord possessed me at the beginning of his ways. In the beginning, God said, let it be. The Lord possessed me in the beginning, at the beginning of his ways. Before his, before his works of old, I have been established from everlasting. From the beginning, before there was ever an earth. Wow. So did you see that the beginning does not emphasize Genesis chapter 1, the verse 1. It says that before there was ever an earth, I exist in the beginning. Let me read it again. It says, I have been established from everlasting. That everlasting is described as the beginning. For I have been established from the everlasting, from the beginning. I have been established from everlasting, from the beginning, before there was ever an earth. When there were, when there were no depths, I was brought forth when there were no fountains abounding with water. Before the mountains were, were settled, before the hills, I was brought forth. While as yet he had not made the earth or the fields or the primal dust of the world mine. If man ought to begin to live powerfully, we need to really step back into what is described as the beginning what is described as the everlasting when there was no primal dust on the earth we need to step into the power of that existence through the holy spirit through fellowship with, with the father because john first john chapter chapter four when you read it says that um we it says our witness is true and our fellowship is of the father and this fellowship we have shared with you so that you also enter into the fellowship with this same fellowship with the Father. So when we begin to spend time in God's Word and spend time with, with God in intimacy and fellowship, what we are literally touching is that we are touching eternal realms, everlasting powers, beginning matters, the things to come, things that have never, never been touched by humanity. We begin to provoke those things to be, become a part of us. And that is why we'll continue to live powerfully. If we walk with God, look at it. When he had, when he prepared the heavens, I was there. When the, when he drew the circle of the face on the face of the deep, when he established the clouds above, you know, it is now speaking into Genesis chapter one, the creation and, and the molding and the shifting of things. When he strengthened the fountains of the deep, when he assigned the sea its limit so that the waters would not transgress his command let there be the power of speaking so the waters would not transgress his command when he marked out the foundations of the earth then i was beside him as a master craftsman and i was i was his daily delight rejoicing always before him rejoicing in his inhabited world and my delight was with the sons of men. You see now, you are seeing now where Adam and Eve come in. Here, 
And the Bible says, and now therefore, listen to me, my children, uh, uh, for blessed are those who keep my ways. Hear instruction and be wise and do not disdain it. Blessed is the man who listens to me, watching daily at my gates, waiting at the post of my door. For whoever finds me finds life and obtains favor from the Lord. But he who sins against me wrongs his own soul. All those who hate me love death. Now we conclude in verse 14 down to 20, 21. I, wisdom, dwell with prudence and, found, and find out knowledge and discretion. Counsel is mine and sound wisdom. I am understanding. I have strength. By me, kings reign and rulers decree justice. By me, princes rule and nobles, all the judges of the earth. I love those who love me, and those who seek me diligently will find me. Riches and honor, riches and honor are with me, enduring riches and righteousness. My fruit is better than gold, yes, than fine gold, and my revenue than choice silver. I, tra I traverse the ways of righteousness in the midst of the path of justice, that I may cause those who love me to inherit wealth, that I may fill their treasuries. Friends, this is so powerful that we begin to look at life at the very first existence. May the Lord give us wisdom as you continue to meditate upon these things. May the Lord strengthen you and may the Lord fill you with the hope of the eternal things to come and as you continue to spend time with god may the lord cause you to connect deeply to the stain that wisdom that christ that god himself described as the very beginning now let there be grace and let there be power and let there be joy god bless you friends i'll see you i'll see you this evening as we spend time to pray it is one wonderful god bless you and it is bye-bye for now thank you thank you